seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland uh, and play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Vitamin Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Donegan and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, by my good pal and co-host, <laughs> Mr. Remy McSwain. How you doing, Rem? By, by the decade, Celtic. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, I'm, I'm a bit flat, but I might be better in the second half. <laughs> Here, well, I tell you what will pick you up. Big substitution on, big time player. Uh, actually, you can introduce him. Uh, Graham Spears, his best mate. On you go. Yep. It's, it's a, a pleasure to speak to this man and listen to him for free. It's Harry Brady. <laughs> I got an email to I got an email uh, this today from a mate of Lawrence's. Oh really? Who was that? Telling me that he tells Lawrence many a time that uh, By the Men's the second best Celtic podcast out there. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Nobody ever tells David me that. Edgar. David Edgar. David Edgar. Called um, me the the Paul McStay of Celtic. Podcast. Oh, that's right. Who was that again? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, who was? Oh, oh, was it? Was it? Oh, it was it? Was Sean? Good old Sean. Was it Sean? Yes. Oh, really? What's he doing? He's been unfaithful. That's unbelievable. Actually, speaking of unfaithful, what's Kay been saying about you being on Spearsy's podcast all the time? Is she upset? <laughs> I, I I don't think she's big into the 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 um, the nuanced. Uh, football journalist podcasts of the West of Scotland. I don't think that's case forty. You, you, you certainly lost for this morning with your uh, statue of a snooker player on the mantelpiece. What was that? You got it. Oh, I got it. I but <laughs> I think I think we're wandering into complete digression here. But it was uh, it was quite funny. Uh, two things here. One, I don't know what you're talking about. Secondly, what you do listen to the Key Adams show, Rem? I mean, because Harry was on. Harry was it's Tuesday. It's the Harry hour. Here, before you go, I, I, on a scale of one to ten, how high was the flirtometer? Uh, oh, about one. Oh, is it? Okay, then. right. Uh, well, she, uh, a, a nice, a nice Mr. Blue Sky at the end, though. Very good. Yeah, just quickly, Harry, uh, for all our listeners, how is the property market in the west coast of Scotland? It is, it is booming just now. Um, <laughs> Is uh, I tell you what you can't get. I tell you if there's any roofer or building merchant out there listening to this who's not rolling in cash just now, they're doing something wrong. Um, right, enough of that crap. Uh, here we'll crack on. Uh, short, fast, quick show today. Um, lot to lot to deal with. Uh, Celtic on a phenomenal run of form. Uh, brilliant uh, management. Uh, all going well. Rem, what do you think? Yeah, uh, we've uh, we've had better weeks uh, or seasons. Um, it's not good just now. Uh, there's no point in, in lying. Um, but uh, I don't think a lot of the rumours are true, and I don't think he's lost the, the dressing room. And I'm still willing to back him and give him a chance to turn it around. Um, Harry. Well, actually. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, all that WhatsApp crap. I mean, that goes around everywhere. Every, I think every team in the world gets that kind of some. But who sits at home and kind of makes this stuff up, Harry? I wonder. Do you know that's I the thing? It was you. Cross- <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that crosses my mind. Who sits here and thinks I'm going to completely make up crap? 
Uh-huh. Then pretend that I know someone, and then circulate to people. I mean, what what goes through people's heads on it? I know. I mean, the thing is that some of it is verifiably crap. You know, one of them was that uh, Lowell couldn't care less about the ten in a row, and it's just biding his time to go to Man United. That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's just he's sixty one, so he'll be sixty two at the end of this season. Really, he's going to start at 62 and that Man United would want him at 62, not decrying people who are 62 because I'm getting closer to it myself. But really, honestly, who, who you just have to wonder who these people are. Um, well, it's, it's quite interesting though as you, you get the original one and then a day later you get the same one with bits added on it. Yeah. Um, it's just, and, and they get more and more out there and hilarious. But people believe it. But actually, do you know? Do you know? What reminds me of when when I one of the issues with it is when I was on here talking about Brendan Rodgers, and the thing I remember most was saying, "I know this, I know that." So uh, there's a there's a bit of information missing in the middle. So based on knowing A and C, I'm guessing the middle bit is B, right? And I remember saying that, and then I remember people started having a real go at me for saying stuff that I hadn't said. And then somebody sent me what was going around WhatsApp about there's this guy, Harry Brady, and he knows his stuff. And he said, and half of it was not only just they'd missed out the bits where I said, I'm guessing X or Y. It was actually just completely made up. And then people start having a go at me. I remember a guy saying, you said this. And I said, no, I didn't. Well, tell me what you did say. And I said, well, you can just go and listen to the podcast yourself. I don't need to listen to the podcast because I've read what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not that we are uh, in, in any way informed. Uh, we're not obviously got the contacts that CFC underscore Anon has uh, inside the club. Uh, wink, wink. Uh, but uh, what have you, what have you heard that you would trust, Remy? In what way? Well, what's going on? I mean, you're sort of come on there and you're saying, "Oh, I don't think he's lost the dressing room." Uh, well, there's a lot of if you t- if you look at Sunday. Right. If you take Sunday's game, we came from behind twice to get the to get into the lead. So that that's that's not a team that's chucked it. And I watched um, this morning. I watched the I think it's the SPFL highlights. They put out uh, highlights on YouTube, and they have sometimes have different angles, but there's no fake crowd noises on it. Yeah. And you can hear the way our players celebrate the goals or dispute the penalties or, or whatever, you know, they, they, they say to call them. But, you know, Christie wants to leave, right? That's a well-accepted fact. Christie's one of the ones that wants to leave. He buried the, pen, the penalty and he let rip with a massive yee Yeah, so I saw that. He, he might want to leave. He might want to leave. But he's still playing for the team, and so if you're playing for the team, the club, the manager, that, that's exactly what you should do. If you, if you want, I'm not caring if people want to leave. That that's fine because you can't go until January. So the best way to get a move is to play well. But you you could see there was a low level angle of uh, Christie's penalty, and McGregor's jumped about like a wee boy, um, although he jumped about like a wee boy in the last minute. These guys haven't chucked it yet, 
Um, so although they haven't been playing particularly well, and you know don't look particularly well organised, and we aren't protecting the defence well enough, we've got a lot of players to come back. Yeah, we've gone through all our in, we've gone through a lot of injuries and COVID-related stuff, and I think once we get Edward back in a bit better shape, then I, I think the only way is up. Actually, I, I thoroughly recommend those. Um, I think they come out a couple of days after the games. The SPFL highlights on YouTube, because you're right. There's no crowd noise. The, my favourite one is the when we we, we lost to them uh, and Griffiths had that chance. And he kind of cut it across, and you could hear somebody. I couldn't. I kept on going back to see who was shouting at him. It was for fuck's sake! It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh, Harry was at the game. Uh, <laughs> Here, Harry, you know, you know a bit of stuff, don't you? You know what's going on. So, what what have you heard? Uh, uh, so, I, I got a text from someone today who has no agenda because um, they're not at Celtic, but they were at Celtic, and they just told me that it's a load of crap and actually the behind the scenes the mood's pretty good and people are feeling pretty bullish. Are you, are you still in touch with Brendan after the <laughs> slating you gave him when he was going to China? He was round at dinner last night. <laughs> Here, I'll, uh, uh, I'll throw one in jointly from uh, Remy and I. Uh, we've got... Uh, let me. How can I put this? Anyway, I... Uh, I mean, I guess we'll come on to talking about the manager, but we might as well start from this position. The manager's not going anywhere. Uh, there's full confidence in the manager. Uh, so we can have a discussion about whether or not he should go, but the point is he's not. Uh, there's a kind of acceptance that they're better than they used to be, and there's a fight on our hands. Uh, but that... Was it uh, Rem uh, at that? But I mean, our squ- I mean, and it, you don't have to be a football genius. I mean, uh, you know, our squad is very, very strong. Uh, certainly, the strongest squad in the league. What well, Andrew Smith did a piece, uh, Rem, that just dropped here on Scotsman. Eleven league games. We haven't played the same eleven once, not once. Whereas uh, nope. Rangers have played, they played. I mean, it's basically the same team. I mean, I could pick the team every week, and I don't even pay any attention. Well, they've, they've, they've. I think they're the, I might be wrong, but I think they're the only team in the Premier League in Scotland that haven't had a player ruled out for COVID. Uh, but although, it's pretty rum. No, I'm, I'm not saying, Yeah. no, but it's, they, they haven't, so they've not been affected by it, whereas every other team has. Um, they have had a couple of injuries, but, you know, they've, they've not had anything like, like we've had. Um, and... I even though they beat us the other week, uh, I I would say a lot of that was down to our failings rather than them being particularly brilliant because I thought they were they were average. Uh, and any time I've seen them, they're an average team. Uh, they are better because the players know their jobs, and they're not going to fall apart like a Kashinya team. But they've got you know they've got better players because they've spent a lot of money, um, and they're coached and organised. And right now we don't look like that. Um, but we do have a better players and squad, and it's the manager's job to get them playing properly again. The uh, do you want to have a go at Mahari about you? You can only play as well as the other team lets you play, I guess. Well, I, I, yeah, I would I would argue that they didn't play particularly well against us because they didn't need to. 
is, is part of it. I well, I think they probably play to the maximum of their ability, actually. And the whole thing about them was they looked structured uh, and they looked at what they knew they were doing. And um, my, my issue with things is that was, what, the fourth game in a row where we didn't seem to know how to make them play on the back foot. There was, uh, during the commentary, whoever was, can't remember who was doing the commentary on Celtic TV, um, and the, I think it was Dan O'Day, that's who it was, kept talking on the Celtic TV thing about uh, it's two different systems that are matching up against each other, and it's about... Uh, you imposing your system on on the other team and uh, the fact that they went 4-3-3 and so we had three at the back and so they then imposed their three and that caused us all sort of difficulties. Well, my my frustration is, well, what was it that allowed them to impose their system on us so that we were on the back foot reacting to it? Why couldn't we impose our system on them so that they were on the back foot reacting to our system? Because our midfield has been misfiring all season. Right, we've we've not had the right. Yeah, I've I've been on about Brown for for quite a while, and I don't and I don't want to sound as if I have I've got an agenda against him because I don't. But Brown, and a and a higher level game is done. Right, like, and McGregor hasn't been playing well, and neither has been in Cham. He must win the midfield to win a game, and we haven't been. Our midfield against them in the last few games hasn't turned up. But, and but if you don't turn up midfield, you're going to lose. Um, but this gets back to the, the whole, and you you mentioned this before, Rem, you know, Brown is a player, a brilliant player, brilliant service, totally on board. And actually, to say that he shouldn't be put, is actually to, and you made this, you've got to protect his legacy as much as his legs. And, you know, to, so to say to Scott Brown, uh, listen, you're, you know, we're going to be phasing you out. That's actually protecting him. What isn't protecting him is getting yourself, getting the team in a position where he gets dropped, where he's you're forced to drop him. So he gets dropped on Sunday. He gets hauled off after 63 minutes or 64 minutes against Milan. Now, that's not, you know, Scott Brown's 35 years old. There's, there's no shame in, in dropping off slightly as a player when you get to 35. I mean, he's done brilliantly to get to 35. But the manager should have protected him. As he was told, you know, nine months ago, as he was told at the start of the season. But he persisted with this. And he persisted with this garbage about, you know, what he bring when he brought him on against, I can't, who was it? Um, St. Johnson. St. Johnson. Right. I mean, to be fair, he, um, that, but, you know, it, it's pretty easy for him to play eight minutes. Well, but if we're if we're playing a guy if we're playing a guy because he brings drive and order to the team that that's not a reason to play a player. Of course. Um, and, and 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 against the better teams, he doesn't get around the part like he used to. So he sits in front of the back four, um, but he doesn't protect them because he's not doing the job he used to. Because he's not he's not capable of it anymore. That and it's like you say it's. It's not a crime. It happens to everybody. But we haven't managed that properly. And, you know, we certainly haven't replaced them. Um, and, um, and, we, we, we haven't got a replacement for them yet. Uh, well, I think, although McGregor has been off it a lot, but I think McGregor can certainly do a job there. And you can see it. You could even... He didn't have a good game on Sunday, obviously. Um, but you can see it in terms of, uh, Pat, you know, 
I don't want his past progression. You know, he is far more creative. I mean, obviously, defensively, he's nowhere near what Brown was in his prime. But in terms of nope. c- creating, the big issue right now is, uh, we saw it with the Rangers game. Uh, they just sat back. If Duffy's got the ball, just let him have it. You know, you know, Duffy cannot be the ball who's making the, the you know progression right. out we've of defence. We've had this discussion before, except it was Boyata. We were asking a guy to hit sixty-yard passes that he can't hit sixty-yard passes. The, um, the reason who's who's wanting the ball off Duffy in these in, in our games, that game again, the game against particular Rangers, right? Barisic had played against Killian Mbappe on the Wednesday night, so Jeremy Frimpong isn't going to terrify him. So we give a nineteen-year-old boy who's had about twenty-five professional games in his life if he's lucky. We gave him the ball all the time with three men running him. That um, was our sole answer to everything. Get the ball to Frimpong. And Frimpong had a shocker. You know, that he's he's a young, inexperienced player. He will learn. Our big players that day did not turn up again. Like Harry said, that's third, fourth game time in a row against them. Haven't turned up. And um, we have to look at the way we set up against them in a three wasn't the right way to go. And as soon as he knew he didn't have El Hamid and beat on, we should have been looking at playing four. Um, a draw we, wouldn't have been a bad result for us. See if we'd have sat in there and said, break us down, they'd have struggled. Um, we kind of got slightly... I don't want to talk specifics about the Rangers game, but uh, Harry on the... I, I would say that... I mean, I don't want to get... Well, we might as well have a... We're, we're here now. The the, man, the the manager's handling of Brown has been, you know, that that's one of the prime elements of the case against Neil Lennon. I think he's handled Brown atrociously. Well, so there's a number of aspects in it in relation to Brown. One of them is obviously the problem of social media. The evidence got to be extreme of you hate Brown, you love Brown, right? There's no never allowed to be middle ground. On it, so having a debate with anybody on social media about Brown, then naturally after three tweets goes into to a load of nonsense. It's fairly straightforward. Scott Brown is thirty five. He is not going to be what he was at 27, 28, Right? That you don't need to be a genius to know that. And so at thirty five, it's fairly obvious that he's not going to be performing at the level he should be. So again, perhaps it's the way he's couched the message. But the, the, one of the things that Duco James has been saying, to, to, to use that one, is because he's one of the main people that gets it in the neck for being anti-Brown. His whole point is, if Brown is as important to the team as Neil Lennon's making it out, he is. And his defenders make it out, he is. He's a leader and we need him. Even more reason why he shouldn't play every week. Because you should save him for... If he needs to be there in the big games, then even more reason why you rest him and look after him. Because at 35, he cannot play every week and be the leader on the park in in the big games. And then it gets back to, why is the midfield not performing? Why is Callum McGregor not performing now? Hullboy always goes on about football's a team game. He gets very annoyed when a goal goes in and everybody wants to pick the one guy who's at fault for that. I look at Celtic just now and there's, there's, there's a lack of transition through the team. There's a lack of uh, of fluency through the team. Is Callum McGregor not playing well because he's, trying, he's, he's aware of the deficiencies of Scott Brown who's ageing? And is 
Duffy not playing well because he's launching 60-yard balls because Brown just hangs about in front of the back four. You know, that is Frimpong not playing well because he's next to Duffy and Duffy's on the right of the back four and the back four? It's not, there's, a, there's a lot of knock-on effects of one player not being up to scratch can have a negative relationship with the other one. And all of this, for me, feeds back to it is evident that you need to manage out from the age of 32, 33, you need to start phasing out Scott Brown. And if he's as important as you say he is, then it's important you face him out in the right way so that you protect him to keep him for your key games when you need him. Your cup semi-final that's coming on, bring him on with 20 minutes to go in a cup semi-final against Aberdeen on Sunday if it's not working. Even more reason why you nurture it. The, um, yeah, and again, just to re-emphasize, this is not, not, from my, it's nothing to do with Scott Brown. This has got nothing to do with Scott Brown. And the reason that, you know, Callum McGregor, because Callum McGregor, if, if Scott Brown plays in that sitting position, okay, Callum McGregor, by necessity, he's, a left, he's out there on the left. He, he, you know, if he's in this, he's out, so he's necessarily cur- curtailed. If he's play, if McGregor's playing in the sitting position, and of course, he does have defenses, de- de- deficiencies, he can go either way. We, we, you know, he's a better uh, passer, he moves the ball quicker, he can he can go left or right. Right now he's he's ne- he's basically playing on one half of the field because because that where Brown is playing where he's playing. Um. Uh, anyway, again, just to my, I mean, to me, it's more of an indictment and an indictment on the manager. A, he hasn't managed, so you know Scott Brown has to take pelters from numpties like us, uh, which is ridiculous given what the guy's done for the club. Uh, it should have been handled and. A, it should have been handled better from the start, and B, this kind of aggressive, you know, rebuttal of, of people who might de- dare to disagree with him. Well, he's not a deity, Neil Lennon. You know, he, he you're, the, you're the Celtic manager. If people criticise you, you got to take it. Uh, right? We're all football fans. We all put money in the club. We're entitled to an opinion. Uh, so, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's again, it's it's been badly, badly mishandled, and I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Scott Brown. Not, not that he needs my sympathy. I'm sure. Uh, anything to add to that, Ren? Or is this more of the same? No, I, I, I mean, I, 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 Brown still has a role to play at the club, and there are games he should be starting and playing, and there are games he should be coming on to help see us out. Although, of course, you know, he should have seen out Sunday, and I think he did. He get megged in the build up to the goal and taking the. Uh, yeah. Harry's point about you know football being a team game. I think there was about ten of them at fault with that goal. <laughs> oh, um, the, the, every single one of them missed it. It was it was Sunday league stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, somebody should have taken one for the team and chopped them. But he, the fact that you know they maybe maybe thought, oh well, if a guy gets a shot at Scott Bain, it's a goal. So you know the the I mean he Scott Bain. I mean I, I don't know if we'll be discussing Barkas, but I'm. I'm assuming he, he was injured. He's, he's not been brilliant, Barkas. He looks competent, but he's not pulled off any brilliant saves yet. Not but one. Not one. Not, you, not no, one. He's not. He's not pulled. He's not pulled off anything you thought he shouldn't have saved. If you know what I mean. Uh, but um, he, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't thrown any rickets. I mean, I've, you know how some. No, well, yeah, well, no. Come on, he should have saved the first one against in the Rangers game easily. And he probably could have saved the Ferenc Varos winner. Um, um, apart from that, you know, he, he's, he's just not pulled off. Yeah, he's not pulled off a game-winning save yet, right? So, and I'm not slagging him because he's new and he's settling in. He looks competent at cross balls and he can pass the ball out from the back. 
but you know, too, we're conceding too many goals. Um, but Bain on Sunday, Jesus, Monday, coached by Craig Gordon at penalties. I mean, the, the attempt to save the second pe- penalty. Well, I mean, what was he doing? Here, uh, and can I interrupt goal, you? He just pushed it straight back out. Can I? We're going to, we're going to come on to the game right, but uh, right after this. But Harry, you played for Celtic Boys Club under 13s in goals. You're an expert. Uh, Barkas. I agree with Remy. I think he's been competent. I think he's been. I'm not going to. This isn't a criticism. I'm just saying from what we've seen so far, there's there's not been what I would be expecting from a Celtic goalkeeper, which is the save. Uh, do you know the best way to, to describe it? Actually, seeing we lost to Art Media, Bratislava five one with David Marshall in goals. And then a few months later, we did Arthur Boric for a, for some games. I remember uh, back, saying to my mate, there was not a goal that you would have said was David Marshall's fault out of the five at media goals. But if Arthur Boric had been in goals, we wouldn't have lost five goals. If you can get the point I'm making yeah. about the difference between a, a top keeper and, a, and an OK keeper, there's, there's yeah. nothing that you're identifying and saying he should have stopped that. But equally... One of the uh, one of the goals against either Rangers or French Faros, if Fraser Foster was in goals, we wouldn't have conceded. Um, well, yeah. On, think... on Bain for the penalty, I think it genuinely. I think Bain actually thought you're an injury time, and it, and you're three two down. You're going to run and blast this in a straight line because that's what lots of penalty kick takers do for must must score penalties. They run and just hit it straight down the middle about chest height. Barry Robson always did that. Barry Robson had a good reputation for penalties. Key penalties in games, he hit it chest tight straight down the middle. I think that's what Bain was expecting. Um, here, we'll go into the game on Sunday. Uh, ended up 3-3. Celtic lineup: Scott Bay, uh, Scott Bay, uh, Scott Bay, uh, Frimpong, Duffy, Ayer, Laxalt, uh, midfield of... I'm looking here on Google. It's got McGregor playing the right side of the midfield. That's wrong. So, McGregor, uh, Rogic in the middle, and Cham. Elianusi, Christie, and then Ajeti up front. Uh, you happy with that team? There was a lot of uh, optimism about that team before the game, Harry. Yeah, I mean, it was what you know people were saying. Ditch the three-five-two, go back to four-two-three-one. Um, That's what he did. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people were pleased to see Ajeti in. What's but um, you're the injury expert. Uh, it's, where's Edward uh, Rem? Is he? Still COVID recovering. He's uh, he's still COVID recovering. He's been training, but he's uh, he's back in the squad for Thursday, seemingly. Um. Um. So I mean, obviously, but, uh, he got COVID. He was out. He's missed three games. I mean, most most football players who get COVID, you know, come straight back into the squad or the team the week they're eligible. But uh, unfortunately, he hasn't. So it maybe affected him more than. Uh, and most players, to be fair, uh, I wonder about that. Uh, you might as well. Uh, I also wonder about Julien. Uh, you've been slagging me off for that. But, oh, uh, oh, 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 you don't believe all these WhatsApps, but you're believing some no. bits of the WhatsApp. No, right? I didn't say that. You, I, I, I saw today he's off to. Lennon said that he's away to Germany to see a, a, a specialist about a back injury. Is he? I thought it was back. Was he not saying he was back home in France getting treatment, daily treatment? I mean, again, I, I don't well, he's, he's away back somewhere. You see, yeah. so he's he's got a back injury. It's a shame about right? every because it's a shame about every uh, chiropractor in Scotland going out of business. Eh? 
So uh, anyway, we'll leave it at that. Um, the you happy with the team as well, Ren? It was a I mean, ro- very. Ro- yeah. I was very happy with the team. Yeah. Um, we went four two three one, as as Harry said. Uh, Scott Brown was dropped. I mean, obviously, I expected Barkas to be playing. I didn't expect Bain, but you know, if your keeper's no fit, then your your number two keeper plays. Um, and I thought between Ayeti and Griffiths on the Thursday night, Ayeti looked better. I mean, he didn't look great, but he looked better than Griffiths, who was blown out his arse after 20 minutes. Um, so, uh, uh, the team that was picked um, and the formation, I think that's what most people wanted to see. Um, and, you know, there could be an argument about in Cham. Uh, maybe Turnbull should play, but you know Turnbull hasn't really been doing it. And when he's been on, okay, he's not played a lot. And Rogic had done enough against Milan to to warrant a start. So we looked as if we'd put a better formation and and, and more creativity in the team. Um, so yeah, I was I was happy. Yeah. Uh, the game itself, Harry, one uh, 0 to them at half time. Uh, what do you think of the half, the first half? I mean, how do you think we looked? I thought we were looked. Pretty bright, actually. Uh, Do you know, you you were joking earlier about me being on the podcast, on Graham Spears' podcast. I was on with a guy called Ben something, uh-huh. who's Aberdonian, writes yep. for the Times, and was talking about how Aberdeen deserved to get a draw out of the game and uh, maybe even deserved to win the game. And they were great, and they were so much more attacking than usual. And the criticism of McInnes is how defensive they normally are against Celtic, and they were on the front foot, and they were this, and they were that. And I listened to him for two, three minutes, and then Graham Spears turned to me and I said, oh... If that's Aberdeen attacking, heaven help being an Aberdeen fan. <laughs> because they never crossed the halfway line the first half, bar the last minute of the first half, where if you watch it again, the ball's on our left and it's schoolboy stuff. Six of our players go to the ball and he just knocks it over the six into the box and Cham runs into the guy, they get a penalty and they're 1 0 up at half time, having done, I think, possession at half time was something like 75% Celtic. Now, we didn't do anything particularly creative with the possession, but we played the game from halfway line to the final, th- to, to just outside their box. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was it was basically in there, the whole, the whole first half was in there. Although I'm looking at the stats here, they're unbelievable. They've got, uh, they, had four, they had 14 shots. I can't remember 14 shots. That must have all been in the second half. Uh, many of them are on target. Well, though. yeah, there is that, I guess. Um, Were they measured by the Inverness Cali camera that followed the linesman's bald head? <laughs> <laughs> were, they, oh, were they mistaking the seagulls for the for the balls? Is that, is that? the? Uh, I see. I tell you, we had fourteen shots. They had thirteen shots. Shots on target, seven five to us. So it's uh, anyway. They go in one nil up again. We started uh, second half brightly. Great goal. That was like a, a good. That was a goal from two or three years ago, wasn't it, uh, Rem? Yep, and that, that's what McGregor hasn't been doing this season because he's been sitting back, man, Martin Scott Brown. So <laughs> he was allowed to. He was allowed to. Um, he was allowed to go further forward. You know, McGregor is a good finisher, um, and his goals have. You know, they haven't dried up. He's still scoring, but. I mean that was that was a, a McGregor of old finish move quick movement of the feet ball out the feet curl it in at the corner it was a great finish and mm. that's what we need if we're going to play McGregor that's what we need to let him do we need to give him the license to go forward 
I, uh, we have to take, he's, he's not a holding midfielder. Well, I, I wouldn't dis. I don't know. What do you think, Harry? Well, <laughs> McGregor was meant to be our holding midfielder in the fifty-second minute, and he's up near box scoring a goal. I mean, it's uh, yeah. But what what made McGregor work under under Brendan Rodgers was um, Scott Brown was two and a half yes. to five years younger. Of course. So he's got yep. the confidence that he can go. And, and break that that holding two in the middle, and he can go and break the, the lines to use the football talk, and he can go through and be the extra man supporting the number ten and the two and the two wingers and the striker, so he can add that extra man into it and create the space uh, to score the goals. If he's then thinking, oh, wait a minute, I might need to go back and cover Scott Brown here, then that might be the reason why he's not getting forward and and doing it. Um. Yep. Um, anyway, great goal, great pass from Rogic, really nice goal. Um, then of course they, I can't. Oh yeah, the crappy goal. Uh, I can't even remember Shane the boy. Duffy. Oh fuck. Shane right. Duffy. Right, and I, and I said that you know if we'd have signed him before the Ferenc Farms game, he'd have put the ball in the stand. Well, that's what he should have done. Uh, uh, he, yeah. I mean, he could have passed it back to the keeper, but he should have put it in the stand. He got too casual. Um, he's gone through a really bad time. Um, he's, you know, although Barkas could have bailed him out in the Rangers game, it was him that was calling the line, and he cocked it up. Um, and he, quite frankly, got destroyed against AC Milan. Oh, see for the um, third goal. I was watching yeah, that this morning. Yeah. What? Oh, he had an absolute shocker, uh, and you know, and you see him playing for Ireland, and he's. He doesn't get as exposed. I mean, it's okay. He's slow, you know. I get that, but he doesn't get as exposed as he does playing with us. Um, we need to. If he's going to play, he needs to start doing the basics right. And you know, we need to work it. You know, we can't have two fullbacks away up the park when when Duffy's playing. One needs to stay back. Um, he's, you know, I think when we got him, it was billed as a coup. I think Lennon wanted him. Uh, we're paying a lot of money for him. I mean, he was probably the... We probably thought he was the best thing to come out of Brighton since Patrick McGee, but he's he's turned into an absolute nightmare. Harry, any thoughts on uh, Duffy? I mean, how much are we paying? Is it £2 million or something for the year? I think it is £2 million for the year, and there's a part of you who looks at it and says, um, you know, the, the, the optimist, the, the guy who wants Celtic to succeed, looks at it and says, look, he's, uh, he's had... Uh, some rocky games, then obviously the nature of the, the Scottish, uh, there's only two teams in it, and so the, the media spotlight will be something he's, he's never experienced before, and and, uh, and that's just maybe made him more nervy, and then that's compounded, and he's currently in a downward spiral, uh, and he just needs to address that, and, and he'll be fine, and he'll be the guy who hoofs the ball into the stand and, and clears it that we wanted. The negative part of me says... Brighton almost got relegated last season and this is a guy who couldn't get a game for them. You have to wonder about that. You also have to wonder about the way... What... But to be fair, when, when Brighton were in the Championship, he was keeping Conor Goldson out of the team. <laughs> I well, is that a serious point? So no. They're, they're, no, it is a serious point. He's a better player than Conor Goldson. Uh... We, we made Conor Goldson walking about Parkhead like he was Virgil van Dijk. Uh, I would have to. Well, I don't see enough of them to be, make a judgment on that. But even if he is a bit, I mean, that's not really the bar. Uh, interesting though. Instead of clearing out the stand, you know, he tried to hit it over the boy's head. I mean, I don't know what's in his head. 
I, I don't know if that's nervousness or that to me is just kind of lack of humility. I mean, you're a you're a, a tackle crunching tackle ball blocking centre half. What are you trying to do? Flicking the ball over the boy's head? Get it in the stand. Uh, so I'm not inclined to be as sympathetic as you, Harry. Uh, We've seen with many a player who comes up to the crap Scottish football uh, that he suddenly thinks I'm I'm Pele, I'm Maradona. I can come up here and you know I played in the English Premiership. And this is Scottish football, so I, I can play my way out of the back suddenly because I'm a star. Maybe that's maybe that's it. I, they're also the, the circumstances of him coming. I, I mean, I don't know how that worked. Did he uh, did he push for the move? I can't remember. He was singing "Here um, We Go" ten in a row in the pub on, one night, and then all of a sudden there's a Twitter campaign to right, sign him. Well, oh, that's. I'm, I'm talking about you, Graham Anderson, if um, you're listening. But I mean, you, you get he, he was, he's uh, he's a the, he's a big stopper, right? So when when Julian get ragdolled by by Nicky Kabamba, um, people were detecting a trend because he'd been ragdolled by. Lyndon Dykes twice last year on another plastic part and we wanted a big rough stopper that would head everything away and boot everything away and that's what we were told he did um, yeah, you know, to be fair he, he can header a ball better than kick a ball but he and he goes for every header when sometimes he shouldn't but if he's your defensive organiser he got the line really badly wrong in the Rangers game, he was abysmal against AC Milan, and he caused the second. Well, he was way out of position at the first goal, the penalty on Sunday. He was terrible at the second goal, and he didn't cover himself in glory in the third goal. But apart from that, he had a good game. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of wonder about about that. Uh, I, I, you know, and then he, he I think he's played every league game since he since he came to the club. I think it's nine out of nine. Uh, yeah, he has. Uh, Maybe we're having a few shutouts until. The wheels come off a bit, you know, and we need to reset. You know, I, 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 I actually thought when we went to a four in the second half against AC Milan, we played far better, and he actually looked okay until the last minute when he obviously got he got done like a kipper. But I, I just took it as a well that that's a promising sign that the four is going to suit us. But the four, I mean, if that that appears to be our four just now due to fitness. Um, but you know El Hamid's back training now and so is Beaton so he now has options and if he maybe wants to go a more defensive four he plays El Hamid at right back but um, he, he can play Frimpong or Christie further forward till Forrest gets back so he needs more protection um, Duffy and maybe that's been part of Brown's problem as well he knows Duffy's neither no fit or no at it and he's been hanging back to time protect him, which means our midfield's playing too far back. There's all sorts of things wrong that need to be fixed. The, uh, But again, I noticed that uh, do, we, do we want to talk about that uh, CFC? And that, that's really bugged me, that account, uh, Harry. Um, and they, they had a real go at you know people who were criticising Duffy and going on about you know win, win since he showed up, win percentage etc, etc, clean sheets. Uh, I mean, he just looks... He just looks. You saw in the Rangers game. They just if Duffy got the ball, they just let him have it. I mean, they just damn for him to have the ball because you know he, he he's a terrible passer of the ball. Um, I wonder why they don't let Ayer. If if Duffy and Ayer are the two are the two central uh, defenders right now, why wouldn't they give it to say right Ayer? You're 
you're our, you know, you're our guy bringing the ball out. Duffy, don't don't bother. I wonder if that's a seniority thing kicking in there. I, I don't know. I mean, certainly in the in the Rangers game, there was a bit uh, in the last five ten minutes where Duffy launched it to nowhere. To be fair to Duffy, it's because for the seven hundred and fifty first time in the game, Ayer took the ball, walked around for 10, 20 seconds, and then passed it sideways to Duffy. Yeah. So, I, and people had been getting, you know, the, the strike Griffiths was was going mental and Duffy thought, I'll launch it and just put it straight out of play. But yeah, you would have thought there should be a structure to it. I mean, when they've been playing with a three, Duffy's been the central guy and he's been the guy who's been trying to ping the passes around and, and it's not worked. And, and as you say, you would have thought Ayer appears to be the more natural or the, the more football orientated of the players, and he would be the guy that you would entrust. Um, actually, speaking of Ayer, that kind of bugged me in a way. Uh, he had a pretty played really well, not really well, but he's probably our best player against Milan. Uh, I didn't think that yep, was much of a coincidence. Uh, what do you think about he that? He played Harry? well against Milan, and I thought he was our best player against Rangers as well. He, he saved two certain goals. Ayer and wasn't he brilliant? But he thought he, would, he was our best of a bad lot. Ayer and Incham had their best games of the season against AC Milan. Who'd have mm. thought it? Aye. Well, yeah. Which, again, you know, says something to me. Uh, why wouldn't you want to have your best game every week? Uh, again, they're professional oh, footballers, so you can't doubt their commitment. But, I, I mean, it was a hell of a coincidence that Ayer had his best game of the year against a club that he'd been linked with all summer. Um, anyway, uh, back to Sunday. So, uh, 1-1, uh, 2-1, uh, thanks to Duffy. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, well, thanks to, to Bain as well. Bain, Bain was hopeless at that goal. He just palmed it straight on to the guy. Um, so weak, so, so weak. Um, Griffiths comes on, Griffiths comes on, uh, six, five minutes after he comes on, uh, what did you think of Ajeti's reaction when he got taken off, uh, Harry? Did you notice that? I did, and I noticed how much Neil Lennon seemed to be trying to persuade him that it was nothing, you know, it was nothing personal. It was, you know, that he wasn't being critical of, of him, uh, but he didn't seem happy about it at all. He did not. Uh, another another un, unhappy voice. Uh, Scott Brown comes on. No, let's, let's be honest. A player should be unhappy about yeah. getting subbed. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be taking that as a bad thing. Uh, yeah, he's coming back from an injury. He hasn't. He hasn't been good since he came back from his injury. Um, it's worrying that he's been there three months and he's still no fit. Um, he looks overweight and slow, um, and he, he deserved to get subbed. Um, but. I'm all right with players. I mean, I'm, as long as it's no like Chris Commons, you know, throwing the toys at the pram. A player probably should be a bit disappointed getting subbed. Um, right, Harry. Uh, actually, speaking of uh, looking out of shape, mind you, I, I need to give the wee man a 10-minute start for a 5K run now. So I can't slag off Lee Griffiths for looking out of shape, but he, he does still look kind of out of shape. He comes on. He just looks like our best striker, Harry, doesn't he? He does. He's got movement. Um, he's got determination, and probably he feels that he's happiest when he's on a football pitch in a competitive game. That's you know, that's probably where he feels most comfortable and most at home. Least worries. Uh, keep having uh, debates with uh, Saint Anthony in a WhatsApp group that I'm on, and I think he sees comments that I make about Griffiths as me, somebody who doesn't like Griffiths. 
my issue is if we are at the end of October and he's not fit enough to be a first choice starter when, as you've just said, he looks like a best striker, then that's a I can understand why the manager's not starting. How would you like it in a work environment if there was a guy who was permanently late for work, left early? Uh, I'm not saying that's what Griffiths is doing, but I'm trying to use an analogy if Griffiths isn't fit. Late for work, late, leaves early, terrible lad, you never get his works done. And then pay rises come round and he gets the first one. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> be happy. No. So, so the manager's got to manage the players and he's got to think, well, if this guy's not fit, at training, actually, probably the manager's banging his head against a wall with him because when he brings him on, he looks, he scores that goal, and he looks like, and the manager must be wanting to throttle him from the perspective of if you were fully fit, I wouldn't be getting the grief I'm getting. The uh, you'd be yeah. banging in the goals. Well, instead of if throttling he'd him, fully fit, he'd have, he'd have played against Fernandes. Well, I was going to say instead of throttling him, why don't you manage him? I mean, Brendan Rogers managed Griffiths. I mean, these. No, he uh, well, he, he certainly got a tune out of him. He certainly got a tune out of Lennon's, him. Lennon's, Lennon's had the best tune out of Griffiths since Ronnie Dyla. Right? The, the, the three months after Christmas this year. Well, well the, that's yeah, it. Right, well, the, the, why, can't, why can't you replicate that? Why can't you keep doing that? You know, that's your job. Should have been emptied from the well, club. It, if you take Harry's analogy, which I agree with, he gets away with things other players wouldn't. He should have been gone. Yep. So you want he's to empty the best... The best stri- well, obviously, Edward, when he's on his game. This year, he is going to be I didn't say that. choice well, striker could... because Klamala has at least made the effort to get fit right. and try and improve. I don't argue with any of that. But, you know, if I'm... Harry, you, you're at your... You've got a troublesome employee or whatever. You you try and you've done it before, Lennon. You're right, Remy. You did it before. Why couldn't you do it this season? I mean, is is whatever issues are are torturing Griffiths? Are they? They're not to the extent that he can't come on and change. Matt a Busby game did like it did with uh, George Best. Jockstein did it with Jimmy Johnson. I I don't know the personal details of Lee Griffiths, but from the outside looking in, all I make all the only point I would make is there comes a point when a manager when. You've, pro- you've, you've tried the arm round him, you've tried to kick up the backside, you've tried to, you can take time off. You, you've, there, there must come a point when the management of the club say, stuff it. We've tried yeah. everything. He's not, he's not going to get a new contract, right? His contract's up in which case, a year and a half. In which case? So you've got a decision to make right. with him. Um, who, who would buy him? I don't know. That All that being so, then, you should, you're right, Brent, they should have emptied him. Instead, you're stuck in this nether world. It's neither one thing nor the other. And it's just causing issues. And as you say, Harry, a jetty's looking at Griffiths turning up late for his work and, you know, smoking on the job and whatever it is. And he said, well, hang on a second. So you're causing, you know, discontent amongst the other players. It's, uh, again, a fa- to me, it's a failure of management. Dyla had a problem with him. Rogers had a problem with him. And Lennon's had a problem with him as well. It, it's, you know, it doesn't take much to see where the problem actually lies. What? Is he's not he's not a professional football player, and he's not being the best that he could be, oh. and that's the most infuriating thing because he's got ability. Oh, he's phenomenal. 
and he'll be done at 32. Yeah. He'll be done at 32. He'll be playing for Alloa or something like that. Well, it'll be the Gary O'Connor. Well, no, it might not be that kind of descent, but O'Connor oh. was a cracking player as well. Great goal, though, Harry, yeah? Cracking finish. Well, cracking goal, and, that, and that's the reason why it's even more infuriating that he's not professional enough to get himself fit to be out injured. Uh, first choice. Yeah. I mean, for, for, from a wider perspective, first choice for Celtic, first choice for Scotland. You know, in terms of what what's it, what's available to him if he was able to be the fully fit player that the managers want, he would be pushing Edward for Celtic's number one choice, and he'd be automatic choice for Scotland. Yeah. He, if 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 he's if he's at his most joyous on a football pitch. The, the 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 potential rewards for a little bit of hard work Monday to Friday are enormous for him, which must yeah. frustrate the people around him even more. Plus, he's get and it's obviously worse for us because we're all supporters. We'd love to be able to do it, and there's no way if we'd ever been given that chance, we'd be spurning it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, it's a real shame. Great finish. Uh, Elianusi wins a penalty. Did he do much else in the game, Harry? Did you notice? No, and and this is where you know I've, again I've seen people online criticising Elianusi. I look at Elianusi, see what we got out of him last season, seen player that he has been for Basel, seen as a player that that clubs have wanted, that we wanted. This is where I do have an issue. Why is the manager not able to get something out of Elianusi? Now, obviously, one of the reasons he's not been able to get out of Elianusi is. Why Why has the manager spent the chunk of the season playing 3-5-2? Why did he sign Elianusi if his preferred option was a 3-5-2 when Elianusi doesn't fit into that? Yeah. Then we play 4-2-3-1 and he doesn't really do anything on on Saturday. And and, and, and again, this gets back to the crux of the issues that, that people who've got concerns about the manager are raising. Understandably, the manager's saying he's got injuries and all these types of things. Get all of that but he's not getting the best out of a player like Elianusi. Elianusi looks like no better than a guy who would be struggling to get a game for Hibs. Yeah, he looks... Yeah, he hasn't really fitted in so far. And again, I I don't say this is a knock-on. You might disagree, Ren, but I don't think it's so much of a knock-on Lennon. It's just just hard fitting a player in. No, I I, I think Harry's point is bang on. Right, we, we finished last season with three five two, but he signed the first signing he made in the summer was El Yunusi, which kind of suggests you're not going to be playing three five two. And then we started the preseason friendlies with the four two three one, and we played that and competing. We didn't, we weren't brilliant, and people uh, clamoured for change. Now the problem we had, we going to a three five two, is that we didn't have the players for that three five two. Um the, the two last year were Edward and Griffiths. So they weren't available. Or one of them was maybe available half fit and the other one was not fit at all. Um we didn't have I mean we we shoehorned Welsh in against Rangers. He was a sixth choice centre half to play a to play a three. Why not go to a four and play your first two choice centre halves? Um, we haven't had a left wing back until Laxalt came in. So the three five two was completely lopsided and unbalanced. He's now going back to a four two three one and that will suit El Yunusi. 
Um, and hopefully, like others, his form improves because, you know, the guys he's going to play better with, like Rogic and Edward and probably Forrest, the guys he played with last year, and McGregor, who's got a, you know, a license to roam again and who will feed to the left a lot. Plus, he's going to have a fullback going past them that can deliver a ball, hopefully. You know, he, he should improve. He should improve. I mean, he still scored a few goals. Yeah. Particularly in Europe. But, you know, he's a better player than he's shown. But as, as Harry said, he's not alone in that. There's a lot of players. We are less than the sum of our parts just now. And, and that's what needs to change. Uh, yeah, that's certainly what needs to change. Um, the uh, third what do you think? What was in Callum McGregor's mind, Harry? <laughs> was he thinking, "Oh, this boy's going to score. I better just foul him," or, I mean, I don't, or was it just a, a genuine attempt to get the ball? It didn't look like it. Uh, I think he thought this guy's going to score. Yeah, big vote of confidence in Scobie. <laughs> no, but it, 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 it was the only cast was in goals. <laughs> It was oh. the only thing that was going through my mind about why he did what he did. It was, um, you know, it's like a player handballing it on the line and he knows he's going to get sent off. Well, because the other option is the ball's going in the back of the net. So at least at least we've got a chance at a penalty. Um, anyway, so actually Aberdeen could have gone 3-1 up. I mentioned that earlier. Cosgrove should have scored. Well, maybe 60-40 to score. 3-1. I don't think we're coming back from 3-1. Uh that brings it. Uh, so, uh, oh, I, well, the Christie, good penalty, I guess. Yep, he's a. I see yep, you're right. Good and, penalty stuck and, away well. And good reaction. And he, a good reaction. Good yep, reaction. From him yep. and all the players. Yeah. And that was that. That told me then that they cared and that there was still a bit of fight in them. And because he didn't over celebrate when we equalised, that they, they. I mean, Griffiths kind of got up, and got the ball, and they went straight back to the half wheeling. So they didn't. They weren't celebrating getting a draw, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get that. It was when we went three-two up, and, you know, and to be fair, we should normally see a game out at three-two. McGregor's was obviously the most culpable error, but we, Jesus, we could have honestly five or six players could have taken the guy out before he got the ball in. Here, just quickly doubling back on Elian, you see Harry. The uh, I just looking here, they lost to Serbia in that playoff. Elian, uh, 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 you doesn't start for Norway. Doesn't get a game. He's a uh, guess. You guess you get. Give me a name who started in midfield before Elian Yusi. Stephen Johansson. Yes, correct. One of your favourite players, Remy. So yeah, uh, but, you know, Stephen Johansson. That that that's let's like say. Uh, I'm going to say like you know, I, 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 the last Scotland game, London Dyke started before Andy Robertson. They play in totally different positions. Well, hang on a sec. Uh, well, hang on. Norway played four four two, and Stephen Johansson started on the left side of midfield. Anyway, what are you going to say, Harry? I, I was going to say about Elian Usi. And how, how did they get on, Lawrence? They lost. Right, okay, I'll just stop there. <laughs> oh, Serbia. Well, you'll find out soon enough how good Serbia. Anyway, sorry, Harry. Go on. No, I was going to say about about Elian Usi. Um, I'm not saying Bobo, uh, that uh, Bolingoli is the greatest player on the planet, but Bolingoli was someone who went down to the byline, whereas yeah. Greg Taylor wasn't. And yep. perhaps part of the problem this season has been Elianusi is someone who cuts inside yeah. from round about 20 yards out. So if, if you've got a full-back going down the outside, then it drags defenders either way because they don't know which way the ball's going to go. If you've yep. got a left-back next to you who doesn't go past you, then the defenders know exactly what you're going to do. 
and they don't have a, they don't have to countenance a, a, a second option. So hopefully, Laxalt being a more attacking fullback in the next couple of games, that might start to assist uh, Elianusi. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, here's hoping because um, he's a. He doesn't look like a 16 million euro player right now, not to me. Um, anyway, at 3 3, trying to think of the post match. Neil Lennon was having a go at um, at Willie Collum. Anybody want to take that one on? I thought he did all right, Collum, for a change. The two, the two, the two penalties, so the two penalties they got were penalties. Um, and Chams was a, a soft one, but he was clumsy and it was a penalty. Um, and ours was a penalty, so he, he got them right. What was his complaint at Willie Collin that, that, um, that, Duff, that Duffy committed a foul at the halfway line for one of our goals? Because <laughs> he's the only complaint I can, I can see. Um, I, I can't quite see what his complaint was. I didn't see the... I was looking at stuff this morning. The Scott Brown elbow, I didn't have the, the... I couldn't be bothered going back to try and find it. Was Scott Brown sticking an elbow in somebody's face? Uh, if he did, he, if he did, it's not been looked at by the compliance right. officer. Anyway. So I would say he probably... It, it, it's one. If it was an elbow, it would have been a completely accidental one. I, I heard a uh, hundred times in every game. Ian Crocker during the game say something about the, the Aberdeen player rubbing his face. He said I th- he got an accidental um, arm there from Scott Brown as he walked as they walked past each other. But it, it was a in passing comment, so I I think it was a nothing thing. The uh, I thought it was just a distraction thing from from Lennon. To be honest, it's, I think he's talking crap. The uh, the the one that caught my eye was the uh, Duffy pushing the Edmondson boy. Was that not a sending off? <laughs> eh, no. Was it? it could have been a yellow card. Oh my, Harry! What did you think? That's the kind of stuff you used to get up to in the football pitch, isn't it? I, I was like, I don't think I don't know if I ever get booked on the football pitch. Actually. I was going to say Harry, Harry Brady, gentleman thug. <laughs> Do you never? Did you never? You never get booked, Harry. I got sent off once. There you go. No, but I, I can tell you when when I was. Uh, I remember playing under sixteens for a school team that we weren't. We weren't that good, and one of our teachers uh, started. That was the first age group that I got taught the dark arts of football. One of our teachers uh, said, "Now, if we spot one of the star players, I'll shout out um, his his number." Uh, so if somebody just wants to kick him in the heel, because the fluid bids builds up in the Achilles heel, and after about 15 minutes, you'll not be able to run. Uh. So if you're listening, Charlie Rooney, who I believe you're retired, I still remember your thuggish oh. tactics. That's Hey, that's libelous. That'll get us into trouble. No, right. it's not libelous, because he stated it. <laughs> Allegedly, Charlie, okay? Uh, anyway, 3-3, three, three, uh, big game on, I guess we should talk about it because it's a big talk. Uh, Neil Lennon, should he stay or should he go? Uh, uh, who wants to go first? Will I go? Then you two yeah. can slaughter me? Or... Well, we know we know what you're going to say because so that, that, that builds it up to like an X-Factor vote, doesn't it? All right, well, which we'll lose. Uh, what would you say, uh, Rem? Stays. He stays. He, for... he deserves... He, he deserves the chance to turn it around. It's it's not a massive no. turnaround. I was just going to uh, say it. We're only three. Yeah. We're, well, we're six points behind the yeah. game in hand, right? But the game in hand's against... Play hang around. on. The game in hand's against Aberdeen, so that's not a... At Celtic Park. Mm. Still. Right? So, we... 
he deserves it. He's won every trophy since he came back. Um, he has been backed in the transfer market. The, the team has suffered a lot of injuries and COVID issues with the ball and goalie stuff, etc. He needs a chance to get his full team out there and organised. Now, he can't afford many more slip-ups. That, that's a fact. But right now, I'm backing him because I also know the Govan Galacticos are only going to go unbeaten in the season. At some point, they will have injuries and COVID and form issues uh, because they have a history of it. Um, we have got winners and Sunday proved to me that the players still care and they're still fighting for him and the team. So he should stay for now. For now. I, the thing that's been troubling me is I, I think all of this has been in the post. This has been coming. Uh, you know, I know we went, I think we went eight games unbeaten, but we didn't. It was a pretty apart from the Hibs, uh, the game against Hibs, it was a pretty easy, not an easy, but you know, as easy as it gets, run of fixtures. Uh, none of the performances have been any good. Uh, I think you pointed out to me somewhere along the way, Harry, the number of formations is just baffling: three five two, four two three one, four six zero. Uh, God knows what else. Uh, there's been no consistency. I know we've had a run of injuries, but in team selection, in formations, uh, I, but I think, and again, we don't know. Uh, you say, Harry, and I'm sure your sources are far better than my instincts, uh, that there's nothing going on. I mean, he, Neil Lennon was at it again today, saying that... Uh, you know, this is all media driven, all this stuff and nonsense, you know, going on about the dressing room and the players. And I, I think it all comes back to the po- the, the post match interview against Fer and Varus, right? If he's saying that everything's rosy in the garden, why does he go? And I, I dug out the quote out this morning, asked what the message, what message he would give to his players. This is after the Fer and Varus game. Lennon added quotes. Get your mentality right. Get your attitude right. If some of you don't want to be here, leave. Asked if his impression was that some players don't want to be at the club, he responded, in some cases. Now, that to me does not speak of a club in complete harmony. It may have changed since then. But if I'm in that workplace and the manager's saying that about me, uh, if that's he's prepared to go public and say this kind of stuff, I, I, I'm really, I would be struggling with, with that manager. And I think Lennon realised he made a mistake because his subsequent uh, comments after a succession of poor performances was uh, marvellous. We were fantastic tonight. The boys did great. Again, if uh, if I'd been insulted by a manager and then for the next six or five or six weeks he tries to suck suck back up with me, I'd have even less respect for him. So I, I'm not sure that... Uh, again, I think you're right to a certain extent. On Sunday, I thought that Christie's reaction was very telling and very uh, heartening. But I, I, I'm not so sure that it's entirely shared by everybody. Again, it's my it's your facts against my instinct, Harry. Uh, so there's that. And I, I think uh, Neil Lennon is struggling to recover from those comments. And I think he realises that. There's also a few other things being going on. Uh, again, we'll probably just stuff you don't, you know, the mood music doesn't sound very good. Uh, the performances are, are not not really improving that much. Uh remain to be convinced. Hopefully that he will turn it round. I, as we said at the start, he's not going anywhere. But uh, if it was me, uh, I would... Uh, of course, this begs the question, Harry. Uh, you want to get rid of the manager, who would you bring in? That's my least favourite. 
that's my least favourite uh, response on Twitter. Anyway, that's that's my tuppence worth. I've probably gone on too long. Harry, what do you think? I, I um, yes, your point about my my. I hate it when people say, "Oh, who would you bring in as the manager?" Because that's a load of nonsense. I am not the chief executive of a major football club with a. Uh, various football agents on speed dial on my phone and the names and telephone numbers. Uh, you know, I couldn't pick up the phone to leading managers across Europe and have a conversation with them. So I've no idea who's available. He's, he's got a stack of unopened envelopes in his drawer. Well, exactly. And and uh, I, uh, I'm a Celtic fan, so I don't tend to watch other clubs. I also do tend to think that you can't tell me that there's not some very good managers who wouldn't bite your hand off to have access to the okay our finances are going to be different uh, next summer but the principle of what we can offer to clubs I, I fail to believe that there's not decent managers I'm in that betwixt and between I my issue with with uh, Neil Lennon's appointment was a wider issue on the structure of the club and the layout of the club and 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 my ambition is for Celtic to be a last 16 Champions League club I think we can be there and I think the board's ambition is for Celtic to be the best club in Scotland. That, that for me, is the, the difference between where I think we are and where they think they are. And so that then colours my view of the current manager. Equally, there is no point in getting rid of Neil Lennon unless the guy you are bringing in is the standard of guy that you would bring in for the next four or five years based on that change of structure and culture within the club. There's no point in getting rid of Neil Lennon and bringing in for argument's sake, a Gordon Strachan type temporary guy, oh, because oh, you want, because oh. you want this, you want the summer to make a decision. There's no point in doing that. Equally, really, there's two parts of me. There's the part of me who was wanting the club to take a different direction when Neil Lennon was appointed 15, 16 months ago. There's that part of me, and there's the other part of me that says what Remy has just said about he has won trophies. Do we want to become the, one of those clubs? A Chelsea type club who sack a successful manager after three three results that we don't like, and you know that that's that's the issue. Equally, I then also look and go four times against Rangers, and there's no there's no learning curve there. To me, um, we have played three five two for you know this change of formations where he doesn't seem to know the top team, and then there's another part of my brain that says. Aye, but there's more than Neil Lennon and the coaching staff. If the team's not being coached properly, there's a there's a wider issue of the but that then gets back to the structural bit. Yeah. And betwixt and between that that that's that's where I am with it. But when it comes down to it, I know we are not a sacking club, and I know Neil Lennon is going to be the manager unless we end up fifteen points behind. So there is so I say there's a part of me says, so stop getting your knickers in a twist about it. Just accept that this is what we've got and support the manager because we want to win the league. I I don't know if it'll get to uh, 15 points. I mean, it can't. It can't. I, I, I'm just worried it's been three months of poor performances and some very poor results. By the way, just a quick coda on the Ferenc Varas post-match comments. He's at it today, uh, going on about clearly there's a, ra- a lack of respect for the players here. Well, the, the retort to that is you started it. You know, you started it. So there's that... Uh, can go to 15 points. I'm just worried, and I hope I'm I really, really... I think you accused me today, Remy, of hoping that Celtic would drop points or something. I can believe that. Um, I mean, I hope and pray that uh, 
that we turn it around, you know, that we get back and, so, you know, Elian Nussi finds his right role, uh, we get clear of injuries. Uh, much and bigger we, pitch as well. Much bigger pitch. Well, been struggling yeah, on a yeah, much bigger pitch. Right, Same well, as Hearts. Um, but just generally, though, I, I hope that we, we bounce back from this. But I have a fear that it's in the post. You know, the next you know, 10 weeks, we'll see what happens. But, I, I, you know, and it, it might be too late in 10 weeks. That, that's my point. You know, if we go to... Well, if it's too late, if, it's, if, it's, if we're not going to win, if we lose, let's say we're 10 points behind after the New Year game, then he will lose his job because they'll put, they'll put the new guy in. But, and it will be too late for this year. But if you take some of the names, I mean, you know, Gordon Strachan, who Harry mentioned, I mean, Jesus, John Kennedy, you know, he, he's part of the problem. I mean, we, we've, and it goes back to, to Harry's point about the structure, we've got a manager who has had his two coaches stroke assistants appointed for him. Um, you know, and that, that's, just, that's just weird. Um, you know, the only change in the structure from the, in the coaches is Duff, has gone and, and striking juniors come in, you know, and, and, and Duff was a novice coach and, and striking juniors supposed to have a good rep, but we don't look organised or well-structured and our forward play hasn't been as good as it was last year. Uh, so this is, what's sorry. going not wrong? What's, what's changed from last season when we were playing really well to this season? Well, there is that. Is it the lack of fans? Is it the, is it the pressure? You know, there, there is pressure, but there's pressure on the other side of the city. And they're not playing well, but they're winning. Um, and I think people, if we just start winning games again, even if it's 2-1, people will start to accept that because this year, for most people, it's all about 10 in a row. Um, and nobody will care how it was won. I mean, you when we stopped... 10 in a row in 1998. The amount of points, stupid points we threw away was unbelievable. But they threw away more. Anyway, I think it's all complicated, Harry, with the 10 in a row thing, isn't it? I mean, I would love to bring in a... Well, who knows? Everybody's talked about this coach at Braga. I wouldn't even begin to try and pronounce his name. But, you know, whatever. But it's complicated, isn't it? Do you start a, four, do you start a five-year project in the middle of such an important season in the club's history. That's the problem, isn't it? Which is why I wouldn't be adverse to Martin O'Neill till the end of the year, for for instance. He's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do the dirty in Lennon though. Well I don't know. Just leave that to one side. Um Harry, Martin O'Neill. Um, no. I, I, I don't know if that would work. If, if if part of the issue is that Neil Lennon's of a different generation to the current players Martin O'Neill's even further away. Yeah, and, and you know who Martin O'Neill's normal assistant is? Go on. That, Keen, Roy Keen. that would be terrifying. <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> well, that wouldn't. Anyway, uh, if you had to have a stopgap replacement, Harry, who would you bring? Who, who would you? We wish, time to get the Jack Ross. Uh, uh, stopgap? Alex Ferguson for four months. That would uh, probably do us all right. Um. I really don't know. I really don't know. Eddie Howe? I, 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 I mean, I'm saying that because I know he's available. But, yeah. but genuinely, I, I really don't know. I mean, my, my, again, one of my issues is I like, I, you know, 
Martin O'Neill was someone who was came across as incredibly enthusiastic, and you just thought that no matter if there was a run of 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 the team not performing well, that that just FFS and enthusiasm and positivity would would lift the players. Uh, Brendan Rodgers just always came across as incredibly balanced and and enthusiastic, and you just thought if things weren't going well, he'd arrive on a Monday morning and 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 the players you'd be able to lift the players. Again, it's it's part is it is it uh, is it confirmation bias in me that that I see a, a, a dour demeanour in Neil Lennon and think my concern is when we're in a, a negative cycle, is he able to 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 go into the the Lennox Town on a Monday morning and say, look, forget all of that, you know, we're the best team in Scotland by a country mile. Look around you. Look at your teammates. I can tell you, hand on heart, there's not a single player in any other team in Scottish football that I would want in front of everybody standing next to you. And look at your teammate. And and I'm sure you'll agree that the guy next to you is better than anybody else in that team. So forget what's happened. We've just had a rough spell. The next game, we're going to be brilliant. I've got my suggestion, Remy. Harry Brady. That's it. That's my... That's but, my... but he'd be a part-time manager. He'd be, he wouldn't be the training field because he'd be doing Kay Adams and Graham, uh, Graham Spears. The, uh... Arsenal won it. But the media would love me. Oh, my. Well, I'm not sure about that, actually. Oh, oh. Brady, media oh. darling. Uh, take about two weeks before Keith Jackson getting into your ribs. Here, I were meant to do a preview of the Rem, but to be honest... We, we don't really know much about him. What, what game was that? Uh, Sorry. It, uh, who are we playing again? Oh, I, don't, I, knew you, I was thinking, I was confused. <laughs> who are we playing? Who are we playing again? Leo. Leo, sorry, I was watching it this morning. Uh, they look quite good, although Sparta Pride got a guy sent off very early. They look quite a good team, second in the French League. I saw the uh, Grand Old Podcast did a preview, so you might want to go there and you'll maybe learn more from them. Uh, they, had a, they had a guy... Um... A French football expert on, so they yeah. probably better go in there. Particularly, <laughs> we've got a, a football expert who doesn't even know what team in France we're playing. Well, I know that. I was getting confused the last year as well. Um, do you know anything about Leo Harry and your many travels? Is that a nice, good team? Uh, apparently, they are doing really well in the French league. That's that's all I know. Yeah, right. And and again, my only concern about this game on Thursday night is could be a doing, couldn't it? If if we get a doing, it continues the downer. It continues yeah. the. Yeah. The beating the club up, uh, it continues the jumping out of windows that you'll see on Twitter on Thursday night. The uh, T- Timothy Weir, Timothy Weir plays for Lille. Does he get a game? I didn't see him in that. Did no. I see him in that game? No, no, I think he's injured, and uh, they did try and sign Morelos. So um, the um, they, they, they signed somebody better. They signed somebody better. So now that they're, they're, they're a selling club, they 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 sell their big players and rebuild every year kind of like we normally do but haven't done this year because we've kept them all and uh, obviously the massive thing that's coming up after this season is the, the rebuild that needs to be done yeah. with, with all the players going etc and that's when we need to restructure the, the way our football operations work Here Harry just quickly on the accounts do they, I mean do you want to say anything about the accounts jump at you they were, they were marginally better than I thought, but it absolutely demonstrates they don't include money that a lot of the money that we spent. Um, it doesn't include um, a few things. So what it demonstrates is we will have we will have zero pounds and zero pence in the bank yeah. uh, when this season finishes. Well, we won't be alone in that, though, will we? No, no, we won't. It just means yeah. that um, this this the whole pandemic will have wiped wiped out our financial advantage. 
over Rangers, which demonstrates even more why this season is so important to win the league with the uh, Champions League uh, potential at, at the end of it. Um, that's why first and second, first and second, are getting a shot at the Champions League yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah, but I think we only get two qualifying games if we if uh, yeah if you win the league, it's an easier route. Yeah. The uh, well, to me, for skint at the end of the year, we're looking for a new manager. There's only one name that's going to come up. I guarantee you that. Go. Uh, we'll be looking for the cheap option, won't we? Yeah. Then who will be able to say, "Told you so." Me. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I hope I get slaughtered for this all the time. It's a joke. It's not a joke, but it's a kind of half joke. The Jack Ross, who's the boy at Motherwell, Alan Burrows. I get slagged for that all the time. Um, here, uh, Remo, you're an accountant. Anything to say on the accounts? Were they? Are you of a similar Just view kinda, to Harry? Yeah, a wee bit better than uh, what I expected. Um, but. Having said that, the fact that we didn't sell a player in the summer um, told me that we had budgeted. Well, I think things might have changed because we actually got in the Europa League. Um, but you know, I think I think we'll be selling oh, a couple of players in January, um, and, and 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 we should. Um, but hopefully, you know, that's why I was saying you know, I, I would have sold the ones that weren't deemed as critical. I wanted to hold on to Edward. We'll still get. A big money, big money for Edward next summer. Um, so our financial advantage will be topped up by selling the players that that we have that want to go. I mean, there's six or seven players that want to go. Plus, you won't be paying Duffy's wages anymore or El Yanusi's wages. So, but it's, it's or a Peter's wages job. or oh. Peter's wages. Aye, there's the biggest wager. So oh, uh, you know, and probably Scott Brown's wages because he will have retired. So it's a massive job next season, but hopefully you're coming in from a position of strength and that you've won the league. Uh, I still think. I mean, I I, I saw uh, J- uh, Jim Delahunt tweet. said Rangers are now odds on favourites to win the league. I would lump on Celtic. We're seventy four. I think we're sixteen. I mean, that is that is good value. I would definitely lump on at that because I, I still think we're the favourites. Yeah, they've got their injuries to come, and you know we've got a far better squad, man for man. Uh, it just comes down to one thing: it's coaching and management. So, so hopefully that'll work out as well. Uh, here, before we finish, uh, I didn't mention it uh, at the start when I should have done uh, the death uh, this week of uh, Kev Makara, former Guardian uh, chief football writer, and also at the Times. I think he was the chief football writer at the Times. I. Uh, all round great guys some brilliant uh, tributes actually <laughs> the Guardian Football Weekly uh, did a at the end go, give it a listen if you've got the time uh, Barry Glendening telling this great story uh, I won't tell it because Barry's much better than me at it uh, but Kevin uh, who really was uh, the point of Barry's story was he's a, just a really great guy a very very cerebral guy the outpouring his wife Susan uh, tweeted out the news and uh, if you want a uh, you want something to restore your faith uh, in these troubled times? I'd suggest you go and look at the replies. They were just absolutely just wonderful. What a tribute to the guy! I knew him pretty well. I uh, really just a lovely guy. And the main thing about him was he was a, 
he was a, a just a Celtic fan t- to his absolute core. He loved, loved, loved Celtic. Uh, although it never really, you could never really spot it. And, you know, if I was doing that job and I had to write about Celtic games, it would be, it would be so fucking obvious. But Kevin, oh, Kevin, I mean, if I if I was writing a match report against them, I'd, I'd, the Huns would be mentioned <laughs> four times in the first paragraph. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, Jonathan Wilson, the great Jonathan Wilson, wrote a wonderful piece in The Guardian. Go and check it out if you haven't already. Ewan Murray wrote a wonderful um, obituary uh, in The Guardian. Again, if you haven't read it, go and check it out. Really great stuff. Actually, do you remember the days, Harry, that Scotland and Sunday, what a team of football writers they had. You know, back in the mid-1990s, they had Makara, they had Spears at his absolute peak. They had uh, Kev McKenna. They had um, was Northcroft then uh, there then Northcroft was just he just came in afterwards. I mean, what a the Ian McGarry. Ian McGarry was a I know he oh he's actually he does that transfer window podcast which is quite good. But what a what a squad they had. It was brilliant. What a Tim's in there. Uh, yeah, I think, I think did Andrew Smith went there as well eventually. He I did, yeah, yeah he, went, he, he did, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was Tim Central. Well, apart from Spearsy, who's a uh, die in the wheel hun. Uh, but that's he's, okay. Yeah, his kids are Celtic fans. Who Spearsy? Oh, huh? <laughs> no chance. Yes, they are. Really? Wow. Aye? Yeah, I think you might have given the game away there, Harry. You'll get into trouble for that. You might get you might get kicked <laughs> off the. No, he, I'm sure he's posted on Twitter oh, pictures of his kids wearing Celtic tops. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did because he he had to take them to a game, um, and they were in the family section or something like that. Oh, great. Anyway. Uh, Kevin McCarthy. The Green Brigade were right, but it wasn't wasn't your grandchildren, it was your children. Yeah. The uh anyway, just to think, Kevin McCarrow, just um anyway, uh, God rest his soul, a uh, good guy, uh brilliant writer, massive Celtic fan. Um so there you go. Um anyway, Harry, uh really good of you to come on our fiddling little show. We're gonna try it, we say this all the time, Rem, but we'll try and uh, get it back up and running. Uh, we'll get Stuart Braithwaite on, etc. etc. hopefully. Um any other business, Harry? Anything else you want to no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think people are looking for a balanced yeah. There you go. View of stuff, and that's what we try to do. The uh, when is your uh, after your sh- absolute shit show of the last podcast? I mean, the palm are right here. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you, do you, yeah, people have a think. I'm sort of. They believe what other people say about what I've said and, and think that I'm some sort of peddler of the of the Celtic board stuff. Um, they wouldn't believe some I have some of the comments I have had from uh, from within the club towards some of the things I have said and done online. Um, I'm quite proud of the fact actually that I'm just me and I give my opinion either either way, and it has resulted in some vitriolic response. Uh, Harry, good to have you on, pal. Talk to you again soon. Cheers. See you later, Harry.